back to a three bean salad. Here we go again. And this week we've got a very special episode. And possibly next week. We next have week... a special guest in the uh, room with us. We also have a special guest. It's the owner of the studio, Luna the Cat. Meow. Meow, meow, meow. As meow. she herself has often said, quack, quack, quack. <laughs> this week uh, we watched an alternate version of Mamma Mia, which I believe we have dubbed Mamma Mia the wrong... The, the completely wrong wall. Completely the wrong wall. Completely the wrong wall. Yeah. Uh, so if, you, if you're if you a regular listener to the podcast, which, why else would you be listening to this episode? Uh, you'll remember that last week I posed a theory that the Mamma Mia films are not meant to be set to ABBA, but are meant to be set to Pink Floyd. So we spent a bit of time last week uh, compiling together a... a an alternate soundtrack uh, <laughs> of, of selected Pink Floyd songs pasted in wherever there's an ABBA song in the soundtrack of the original Mamma Mia, and we will read out the soundtrack the soundtrack uh, as we go. Yeah, uh, I, I feel... think I think a good way to do it this week might be instead of just you know us- the usual way of going through our notes one at a time. We just go through the songs chronologically. Yeah, that would make sense. I was almost going to read out the alternate track list, but maybe it'd be fun if it was just there. We will, uh, we will post the track list on our Insta as well. And uh, yeah, we got some things to say. Yeah, uh, so and you can do this at home and tell us what you think. If, if... you if you really want to, it's it's an experience. It's a time. Mm-hmm. So where do we where do we start? I mean, I, I my first note is just musical edging. Which is a term I believe you coined before. Yes, yes. There's lots of musical edging in, uh, at least in this edit of uh, completely the wrong wall. Uh, a lot of crescendos that have no peaks. A lot of decrescendos that don't uh, exactly peter out. Um, yeah, I mean, my my first notes are just about uh, the the very first song that we get. Bring the boys back home. Bring the boys back home uh, in place of I, I have, have a dream. dream. And uh, the only notes I have in it, it's very beautiful. Um, and it's actually very l- reminiscent of uh, <laughs> Les Mis, I thought. Just because it's so orchestral and there's like, you got a choir singing. And you got Amanda Seyfried on a fucking boat. See, that wasn't at all what I was thinking. I was thinking uh, it's called Bring the Boys Back Home, and she's riding to boys to bring them back home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thematically it works. Story-wise it works. It's perfect. And uh, I also wrote down, uh, I never noticed the police horse that uh, walks alongside Sam as he's getting his taxi. So I don't know, thanks to It's not a police horse, it's the donkey from the end of the film. Mm. DC, of course. Donkey, donkey come. come. <laughs> All right, theory. The donkey at the end of the film is oh, the no. donkey that the uh, extract has been taken from. I re- I wish you hadn't said that. That's so so disgusting. Well, as opposed to any other donkey. That. Uh, I... <laughs> now I have a personal relationship exactly. to the donkey. Exactly, <laughs> it's the donkey that carries Sophie to the wedding. I feel it would feel wrong to be stealing his extract. <laughs> what you got next? Uh, so next we had the wall, uh, another brick of the wall, part one, replacing Honey Honey. <laughs> yep, Daddy's flown across the ocean. That's basically all I thought of when I put yeah, that in there. <laughs> yeah, it's just um, very ominous because I mean anyone that's familiar with uh, Pink Floyd's The Wall, like uh, good, album, brick, good film. Yeah, 
and Outbreak of the Wall Part 1 is just, like, a lot of, like, palm-muted guitars with, like, a lot of delay on them and some very just, like, low, ominous singing and, like, some fucking sound effects, basically. Mm. I have uh, the words Crazy Donna transition written down. I think that's because, um... Yeah, I I edited this version, I should say, uh... So, the for some of the songs, I, you know, be it because of length or because there's important plot details, I occasionally, you know, when it cuts, when when there's, like, dialogue in the middle of the song, as there is in Honey Honey, I, uh, just, would just split the Pink Floyd music and then carry it on after the dialogue finished. Mm. So, I think yeah. that, what happened there was she kind of turns away at a point where the, uh, there's some very dramatic fucking, like, Mm. guitar part played or some shit and it just worked very well so mm. fair play on the edit do you have any notes for another break, another break of the wall part one no, no, no just no, da- daddy's no, flying across no, the ocean yeah that's the only reason I put it in gonna be honest um in I have a non uh, music note here which is in the the scene where Sky comes in while Ugh. Sophie and her friends are you know yeah, getting ready whatever there's pins in the dresses that scene yeah um <laughs> Sophie yanks her friend, I think it's Al Yankovic's hair. Hmm. She just, just like, she makes some sort of joke. Oh yeah, it must be a wide aisle. And she, yeah. and then she pulls back her friend Al Yankovic's hair. Yeah. Very strange. A uh, bit much. Then after that, we've got uh, money, money, money being replaced with money. Money. Like obvious. Mm-hmm. It's obvious. Uh, I, <laughs> uh, my first note on money is just Donna speaks like a cash register. Because <laughs> uh, it just you know obviously the start of money. Someone had is, to say it. Someone had to say it. Donna sounds like a cash register, and for the whole song, he's like that. Uh, those sound effects do come back time and time again. That song, I could only like my brain just kind of, I guess, codified it as like yeah, that's Donna's voice. It's just the, ding. Um. Uh, Zoe walked into the room <laughs> trying on her new dungarees while we were in this scene and uh, she asked me to write down this note. They're in a casino and it's playing money. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Zoe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Her impeccable uh, observation skills. I thought it was pretty good. Sherlockian almost. Mm, do you have any notes on money? None whatsoever. Oh my I Lord. think it's pretty, pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> my next note is just DK Donkey Cum. Yeah. Uh, I've got that c- written down. Cum spelled with a K. Let's not dwell on it. Um, <laughs> Pigs on the Wing, yeah. uh, part one and two. Uh, replacing <laughs> Mamma Mia. Replacing Mamma Mia, yeah, we should say that as, uh, in place of Mamma Mia. Uh, the lyric, What Happened to Me, plays, uh, or is, is sang as Donna bumps into the goat outside the goat house. I mean, obviously an allusion to the goat story and like, you know, we're we're still left wondering what happened to her, even though we've solved it. I mean, I do have a note on the goat, but it doesn't come up until your possible past, so. Right. Um, And the there's some line, I don't have the full line down, I just have the word watching is sung as Donna uh, dangles from the roof looking through the window. Thanks. I was watching the, uh, the three dads, so. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, I've got nothing else on uh, Pigs on the Wing. <sighs> Next up, we have Comfortably Numb uh, replacing <laughs> yeah. Chickatita, which 
could be my favorite alternate uh, song. Like, I, 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 I don't know. There are some later on that are fucking fantastic, but it is very good. And I do have one note here, which is two balloons like Tanya's fake boobs. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. That's all I got. That's all you got. I have um, Rosie starts singing as um, did did Roger Waters sing on uh, Comfortably Numb or was it David Gilmore? It might have been David Gilmore, but I'm it not sure. Been, might have been both. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, the singing starts in sync with each well, other. I, I obviously edited it. Like yeah. That, okay. But... but it was very very good. Anyways, um, the. Uh, the pre-chorus kind of kicks in as uh, Donna swings open the door, yeah, which is pretty great. Um, <laughs> another line from Comfortably Numb, uh, your lips move, but I can't hear what you're saying, <laughs> which is pretty much how we watched the fucking film this week. Yeah. Um, and the actual title of the song, Comfortably Numb, is uh, sang as Tanya holds up a bottle of painkillers. Yeah, So well, we presume. Well, yeah, you know, it could, could be anything in that bottle, but... Could be, you know, Arnica. Mm. Hey, that's, you know, that's an anti-inflammatory. I, that, that would... That's not numbing. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, next up we've got... Not Now John replacing Dancing, Dancing Queen. Queen. Can I ask why Not Now John was chosen to replace Dancing Queen? Uh, it's a very no. traumatic song. Like, it, it's about PTSD, right? Like, it's... Um, sort I, of. It's, you know, it's about, you know, a, a dude working in a factory. <laughs> in it. Like, that's what it's about, right? Yeah, but th- there's also allusions to... Uh, details, details. Uh, World War Two and stuff. There's some line about... Well, yeah, like yeah, working in a factory, yeah. making shells and stuff. Yeah, defeating those wily Japanese, I believe, is the exact line. Uh, gotta compete with the wily Japanese. Yeah. You know, they're making weapons. We gotta make weapons better. <laughs> that's what it's about, right? It's about a guy working in a factory during the war. Yeah. And, you know, come at the end of the shift, we'll go and get pissed. Yeah. Um, I... Let's see. In terms of, like... Uh, I'll be honest, I don't know why I put it there. <laughs> yeah, I, like... I can't think now of the reason why I put it there, other than... Uh, it. I think it fits pretty well sonically. If, like, yeah, if the thing is, like, in terms of, like... It's kind of the right tempo for like all the choreography happening on screen. It's a very upbeat song. It's, yeah, it's very. Weird. <laughs> and uh, are, I mean, what are they basically saying to Donna in that scene in the original version? <laughs> you know, they're say they're basically saying, you know, you're you're all fucking depressed about your 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 old boyfriends and shit. Fuck all that. Yeah, not now, God, Don. Fuck all that. Got to get on with the wedding. <laughs> not now, Don. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, my notes are um, this feels like dementia or acid uh, <laughs> how do you know what dementia feels like Jack I, I don't know I, 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 uh, God, what is that oh, my handwriting is uh, so bad <laughs> what the f- uh, so I've got like get on with the show down the, what is that word? D- Bannister. 
when they slide down the banister, the, uh, the, yeah, it just fits really well. That's what I mean, I've say. got a note before that, which is, uh, you know, when the, you know, it's, it's, you know, as the music sort of, you know, tempos down a bit and it, you know, getting, comes down to sort of whispers just before Donna starts jumping on the bed, like, you know, the shot before the uh, lyrics make him feel okay comes on. Okay, okay. Which is what's happening to Donna. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it written down. Makes him feel okay as Donna feels okay. <laughs> uh,. You could, uh, this has just come to me now, but you could uh, take Christine Baranski's like, uh, you know, uh, phallic imagery in the in the choreography as a a little nod to the toxic masculinity, obviously on display. And not now, mm. John. You know, yeah. like fuck, fuck your feelings. Blah, 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 blah. Let's get pissed. Fuck all that. We gotta get on with this. Yeah. Um, I never noticed that it, this is a, it has nothing to do with the uh, the song, but. In Dancing Queen, they tear people's laundry down as they're running through yeah. the, towards the pier. And that, like, it bothers me every time. That woman gets her wooden spoon, just throws it straight on the ground. Like, that's <laughs> disgusting. That's filthy. Oh, no. Like, that's not hygienic. I mean, I'm all for, you know, the whole feminist thing of, you know, them throwing down their, you know, the, the, the shackles of patriarchy and joining in. But, you 100%. know, you could... Just put it on a counter. Please, yeah, like, I just... There if you, is I nothing more liberating than being a responsible and hygienic adult. <laughs> like, I just, uh, yeah, obviously, the you know, the, the, the whole the imagery in the choreography is clearly very, like, fuck it, leave the men to do the work for once. Fuck That's all how... that, we gotta get on <laughs> with this. <laughs> but just the idea of maybe, like... That that spoon maybe having some like tomato sauce on it and some pebbles just getting stuck in it and yeah. then having that in my mouth is a gross thought. Yeah, um, so what if someone picks that up and decides to keep stirring the tomato sauce and it'll oh get pebbles no, in your sauce? No. I also got a note here. Uh, the guy climbing the ladder is on completely the wrong wall. <laughs> oh my god. Well, we may as well stop here. That's kind of that's, uh, that's good all as our fifty-two weeks. <laughs> um, I yeah, my other notes on that now, John, are just this is a fantastically demented fit. Um, uh, <laughs> we'll get pissed is not very Christian lyric. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it is uh, fitting with you know the Dynamo's attitude. Mm. And uh, is is the pier Pearl Harbor? I see. Well, well, I, there's know. there certainly are boats there. I see. Well, let's see. I mean, okay, this is an allusion to World War Two, obviously. Yes. Now I'm trying to think. Was no, sorry, I'm thinking. Well, you know, if this is Pearl Harbor, that implies that this would be America. Uh-huh. And it implies that the Americans are already fighting the Japanese at this point, which implies that Pearl Harbor has already happened. Boom. Time travel, though. Meet you with history. Hey, there's time travel. Look, I've I've got possible time travel stuff to get into once we get through the songs. Very fair. Um, After that, we've got a possible past, uh, or your possible past, replacing our last summer. Good fit. Uh, A really good fit. Um, Uh, I have have one note here, which is a a goat note. uh, Oh, God. The, the, there's a lyric in this song. I'm not sure if you noticed it. She stood in the doorway, the yeah. goats of a smile. <laughs> oh, fuck off. I have that lyric written down as well, but for a completely different reason. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. Uh, I have, really? You wrote that down didn't think about the goat? No, Like, I it's didn't. right there in the lyrics. 
Uh, she stood in the doorway, ghost of a smile. As that is sung, uh, there's like a hard cut between Sophie. And it's like she stood in the doorway and then it cuts as a uh, ghost of a smile is sung. And it's Harry laughing. And it's just It just felt t- so, uh, I guess, uh, just in sync. Um, also, there's a part... I love that boy band. <laughs> There's a part in the scene where uh, there's a bit of dialogue, so you turn down the song. But it's, like, not seamless, but it's, like, so unjarring because they're both in the same key. So it's just like, oh, God, it it just sounds like someone's playing the song, like, in the distance. Uh, It's actually kind of smooth. It's actually kind of fucking smooth. Uh, More evidence to support that you're meant to watch the movie this way. Yeah. Anyways, next up, we have uh, Run Like Hell yeah. uh, in place of Lay All Your Love on Me. Very disturbing. Do you have any notes on it? I, I don't really have anything to say other than it made me feel very uncomfortable. Yeah, me too. Like, the start of it, obviously, Lay All Your Love on Me comes in with a real, like, punch, but um, fucking Run Like Hell is quite haunting, and it just seeing Sky like, punching the air... Mm-hmm. While kind of white noise just plays underneath it, it's it's very disturbing. I did um, notice that like more instruments kind of kick in just as he shoots Sophie with the bow and arrow. Yeah, yeah, there was definitely a little bit of synchronicity there. Uh, my notes on this are just that uh, Sophie should run like hell. Yep. Um, it starts off so unnerving, but it kind of works tonally. Um, and then obviously, uh, run like hell comes from. The wall, doesn't it? Does. it? Yes, it's right and, after in the flesh. And uh, the wall, there's a big theme of like, I guess, fascism is a recurring yeah. motif. Are the scuba men Ubermensch? <laughs> Scoobermensch. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Scooby. I, I don't think we need to go any further yep. with Scoobermensch. Um. <laughs> um Obviously, at the end of Lay All Your Love On Me, uh, we cut to the uh, hen party where Lay All Your Love On Me is still playing. Mm. And I just ha- Sophie is like uh, being held up by all her friends and like swigging from some fucking bottle. And I just have written down, no, Sophie, they're saying run, not rum. It's like, <laughs> the vocals are just, you run, better rum. Run. run. <laughs> and that's all I've got on uh, Run Like Hell. And then the next song, which I was very happy with, is how it turned out. So good. In the Flesh in place right. of Super Trooper. That's the second In the Flesh. Yes, the second In the Flesh. Yep. Um, the second LP, not, not the opening song. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the one with all the... I I won't even say overtones. That I just it's text. The one with all the fascist text. In it. Yeah, where the lyrics are literally like uh, zen, like just some like a guy being very xenophobic. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Very. Yeah. Very much captures that. I mean, it's it's almost like a. I almost always thought of it as like being a little ahead of its time and like being like kind of being a. A retro depiction of like uh, an alt right pipeline, sort of like you know, a, yeah. a disillusioned kid in his formative years, kind of going down a dark path led by kind of evil ideologies. Yeah, it's you know, his, his school life's pretty terrible. His mother's overbearing, which causes him to be. A di- I'm just basically going through the whole album now, which causes, 
which causes him to be distant in his relationships, which causes his wife to be unfulfilled, which causes her to cheat on him, which causes him to become bitter and blame basically everyone else. Yeah. And it it's only it only ends when, you know, he finally looks inside himself and is basically like the only way that any of this will change is if I change. Mm-hmm. Just I have like three notes on In the Flesh. Um one of which is a quote from you. Uh, quoting It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. I feel too much. Yeah. That's, uh... Yeah. It's, and I, uh, the only other note I have on In the Flesh is I think it is one of the best, like, uh, fits for, like, uh, the Substitute soundtrack. Just, like, it fits really well aesthetically, especially since, like, Tanya, Rosie, and Donna are all in, like, their kind of 70s, like, garb, I suppose. Uh, and like the light show is very, you know, it's all very, very 70, uh, 70, 70. Uh, <laughs> do you have any notes on In the Flesh? Uh, no, just that I felt too much. <laughs> it was very, it was a lot. Cool. Well, we've got um, Young Lust next replacing yeah. Gimme, Gimme, Gimme a Man After Midnight. Of course. A very, very good fit. Um, I, <laughs> yeah, I have another quote from you written now, which is just Sam made me gay. <laughs> it's it's true. <laughs> I, I'm gay for ham. Mm. I can't remember what the context of it was. It was like oh, it was, it was when I it remember was, it. It, was, a, it was when he 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 showed you know Sophie's photo. It was like yeah, this is good. And you just went, it's okay. <laughs> and so I went. I'm gay, Mom. Sam Carmichael made me gay. Uh, I think he's saying the picture's it's okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've also got... Um... Oh, yeah. A new discovery this week. Uh, this is aside from the song or anything. Yeah. But this is a new discovery. I know you've got one, but I've got a different one. Um, because I didn't mention it while we were watching. Ooh. But this this week I discovered that Tanya sells molds of her feet to men on the internet. Uh which was something I hadn't realised before. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know where that's like... I mean, I can only assume it's something to of all that yoga's made my feet bigger. Well, yeah. So she says, all that yoga's made my feet big- bigger. And straight afterwards, Rosie says, we'll get them plastered tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I didn't Maybe catch... she's got blisters. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Oh, pla- you're thinking plasters, yeah. Yeah. See, I was thinking like a, like she's getting them cast yeah, and she's yeah, sending out but... like a... Molds of them. I mean, I'd buy molds of Christine Bransky's feet. I don't know about you. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure there's a market for Christine Bransky def- if you're listening, which I know you are. <laughs> I'd say there is. Um, yeah. My only other note on Young Lust. I think it's my only other note. Is oh yeah, uh, the line, "I need a dirty woman" is sang just as Sophie gets yanked away by uh, her friends Ardvark and Lemoncello. Yeah, but are we not going to bring up the fact that Bill is on the table? <laughs> oh yeah, that was the other discovery this week. In the shot where Harry is crawling under the table of uh, partying women, uh, Bill is very much on the other side of that table, uh, lying down horizontally. Um, making some movements I'd rather not describe, I guess. Don't think about it. Yeah, I'm not going to think about it, actually. Next. Next, uh, we have got On The Run, yes. <laughs> replacing Voulez-Vous. There isn't really much to say, I don't think, about this, but it fits 
perfectly. Yeah, I just my I have two notes. Uh, one is uh just horrible. It's so stressful. Like it's it's it, it, it like that scene is stressful enough as it is, but it just it ups the ante like tenfold. And my other note is uh all the <laughs> all the men swinging into the hen party reminded me of um a live version of on the run that I've seen performed where uh, a large prop plane is flown in like on a wire and then explodes on the other side of the stage. It's really cool. Jesus. That's what it reminded me of anyways. Anyways. Um, Moving on. Hey, you. I've got a note before hey, you. You've got a note before hey, you. Go. Tanya has a piss fetish. <laughs> of course. We've never... I can't <laughs> believe we haven't mentioned this before. But uh, it's either Tanya has a piss fetish or uh, Harry does. Because Harry talks her into water sports. Mm. That's very explicitly said. Yes. Uh, so one of them is into getting pissed on, is all I'm saying. Uh, and then there's a misunderstanding and the other says, no, no, I meant like... <laughs> I thought you meant like a pedal boat. Like a boat. Can we get on a boat? I'm thinking Harry's the one that wanted to get on the boat. Because when they're on the boat, you can see Harry's, you know, very enthusiastically pedaling. But, mm. uh, but Tanya, Tanya has her arms full. Yeah, Tanya's and... obviously very bored and annoyed. Yeah, she's like, where's the piss? Yeah, exactly. Fair enough. If you were expecting if, yeah, piss. Yeah, she was into it. That, like, yeah, that's... Uh, I also have a note here. I have... Uh, yeah, this is this is from before Hey You as well, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and that's Bill is Bo Burnham. <laughs> Bill Burnham, yes, of course. Yeah. Bill is Bo Burnham. What was the reasoning for that again? You know what? I can't remember. <laughs> uh, wait, we, they both have B's in their names. Uh, they both sing. I know those were two. Uh, are they both lone wolves? I mean, that's bo- what it was. They bo- were both like lone wolves who. Yeah, I mean, sing. we'll just ignore the fact that Bo Burnham's in like a like a long term relationship with uh, I can't remember her surname, Laurie something or she's a film director, but whatever. No, yeah, they're, they're Bill Burnham. I digress. Um, Hey You replaces SOS. Um, I only have one note on that, and I have a note uh in between this and the next song, but the, that note is just a Hey You. Uh, over Meryl Streep and uh, fucking Pierce Brosnan lip-syncing a different song completely. It just feels like a neo-folk fever dream. Uh, there's also a wall in this song, as you pointed out. Uh, you know, goes to show that this was meant to be. There's a wall on screen. Mm. Uh, my note for in between that and the next song is... Uh, Sophie's friends, when they're helping her get ready, uh, her friends Abacus and Liger, are like holding these really weird, creepy fucking dolls of what I can only assume are meant to be Sophie and Sky. It's very strange. Uh, Voodoo dolls. Yeah, that was very, very, very well could be. Uh, next is Pigs, three different ones, uh, replacing Does Your Mother Know? <laughs> yes. Uh, my <laughs> rationale behind this was... Uh, it's a song about well, it, I mean, in this context, now it's a song about how men are pigs. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So yeah, <laughs> that's it. I've it's got, got pigs in the name, done it. I have, I've got two uh, instances of like some syn- synchronicity between the song and uh, the choreography, and the, uh, there's a real long woo as uh, Pepper falls into his group of mates yeah, wearing yeah. the big nappy, 
And uh... <laughs> I noticed this week as well, involving him falling while wearing the big nappy. You could see that, like you, we've mentioned before, like what does he think is happening as she's tying the nappy on him? Yeah, but like. What does he think is happening when she's turning him round? Yeah, like oh, that's, he's fucking oh, grinning uh, the whole time. <laughs> does he think he's gonna show all his mates his huge erection? Oh god, Sorry, tiny erection. Ti- or just, oh, just a, a a mess. Just his mess. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, oh, my fucking phone's after closing the track list. Uh, I cut this out. Anyways, uh. My other instance of synchronicity was just uh, Christine Bransky gets like lifted up and she does this cool kind of uh, kicking bit while there's a big piano roll and it just works really well. I just I think in terms of choreography, uh, fucking uh, pigs three different ones works really well with Mwah. the dancing for big for me. Mwah. Exquisite. Uh, do you have anything before the next song? Uh, I only have three more notes, and none of them have to do with the music, really, so... Uh, <laughs> okay. They're, but they're all interesting, I promise. Uh, I tried to have one note for every song, even if it was a total arse. Um, uh, the song mo- of the note. Uh, you know. <laughs> next, Mother's next, isn't it? Yeah, Mother replaces Slipping Through My Fingers. I thought Makes it was a really sense. good choice. It was the obvious, obvious choice, I think, and it, it was the best choice. Uh, it just works really well. The, uh, there's a lot of musical edging throughout, so like there are parts where there's meant to be crescendos in both songs, and they just cut out and swap to the other fucking song. Uh, so it was a it, maybe you know you could call it a masterclass in musical edging. Uh, it's a new form of uh, a, a new form of sexual release that I'm working on. <laughs> Great gig in the sky replaces the winner takes it all. So perfect. It's so like aesthetically, it's fucking spot on, and there's also a good bit of like uh, bits where oh pardon me, Meryl Streep is singing, and since a lot of the there's a lot of long sustained notes uh, sang in uh, both songs really in both songs exactly it 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 matches up pretty damn well. And I should also mention in editing, this was by far the easiest song to do because. Starting Great Gig in the Sky from when Donna starts, you know, and starts, I guess, speaking, winner takes it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, she doesn't quite get into singing it at first. Uh, they, they're both, like, down almost to the second, the exact same length. It just... Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty fucking good. Um, I have a non-music note, which is about uh, <laughs> another reference to King Solomon uh, from the Bible. It, I obviously mentioned last week I think it was last week that Omar Dalili's character is obviously based on King Solomon mm. you know he's obsessed with people having like this uh, their hair and stuff and he's he's bald and he's whatever you know envious because he doesn't have his power anymore mm. but there's an allusion to uh, you know Bill says at the wedding uh, that he would take a third of Sophie to which you said okay someone get a knife or something to someone that get effect. a hacksaw someone get a hacksaw and that's it. Like it, in the Bible, there's a tale of uh, King Solomon basically being uh, confronted by two women, both claiming to be the mother of a child. And uh, he basically says, okay, okay, I know we can solve this. I'll cut the baby in two, and you can have half a baby each. And one of the mums goes, that's a great idea. And the other mum goes, no, my baby. And then he's like, it's her baby. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want a, I want a fucking word with the mom that thought that was a great idea. Yeah. 
What are you playing at, love? Like, I look, trust me, I'm working on this idea that the entire Mamma Mia universe is just... Uh, we, uh, we, we had enough with the Christ allegories last it, it year. This isn't Christ. This it's is King Solomon. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, I think the, the both films could be biopics of uh, King Solomon from the Bible. Anyways, uh, we've got If Replacing I Do, I Do, I Do. Yep. And or, I Do, I Do, I Do, I Do, I Do. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember how If starts again. Is it just guitar? I think so. I think so. But it's just we see uh, one of the, the villagers like playing a, a euphonium, like large brass instrument. And like you timed it so well that like the first chord is played as she puffs out her cheeks. <laughs> and I just have written down that euphonium sounds funny. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the words I do are literally said in yeah. if as uh, Donna and Sam kiss. So yeah. very, very I well. I think it's as Donna says I do. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it was close enough. Anyway. It was good. It was good, some good syncing. And then uh, that transitions seamlessly into a. Uh, Outside the wall, which plays over when, when all is said and done. done. Um, and yeah, all I have written down for Outside the Wall is the uh, instrumental for Outside the Wall. Mm. Kind of reminds me of some of the instrumental, uh, the instrumentals used as incidental music in Mamma Mia. Mm. Like the kind of uh, uh, Greek styled adaptations of ABBA songs. It just sounds like one of them. It's like, okay, this is. This is doing its job. This is good. This feels congruent. Uh, then we for, yeah. <laughs> for uh, right for for take a chance on me. I just I thought what's a good song about like you know talking to someone and like you know being like hey I think we go together well. Mm-hmm. Of course, bike, <laughs> bike by Pink Floyd, which is just so cacophonous and just filled with such strange percussion and like bike sounds and it's just so weird and jaunty and like unhinged I uh, know I just love the uh, the juxtaposition of going from you know everyone whispering and you know and <laughs> to, I've got, got a, a bike, bike you can ride it if you like <laughs> it was it was very fucking good uh, the only notes I have are um there's a that that dramatic zoom on Bill's face yeah. happens as like there's this recurring kind of percussion sound boom, and by boom. yeah the big boom happens as it zooms in on Bill's terrified face it's just <laughs> but also the the end of bike is just utter cacophony and like bike bells and like pedals being spun and shit as mommy is going on yeah and, and I, I, I've <laughs> come to a conclusion that um, isn't Bigfoot we're seeing. I mentioned this oh, during yes, the viewing. Yes. I don't believe it's Bigfoot. You see, like, you know, he's bald, he's you know, slightly <laughs> overweight. I think that is a late career Sid Barrett. Yeah. Yeah, it's Sid Barrett. That's, that's hit, like, you know, Sid Barrett, famously a recluse at the end of his life, you know, hid from the press a lot. Mm-hmm. That's why he's running away from the camera. He's trying yeah. to hide from the press. You know, he towards the end of his life, he was about as elusive as Bigfoot. So Yeah, I'll, I'll so, take it. Uh, Sid Barrett is in this film. I'm pretty sure this is after he died, but... Yeah, I can't remember when he died exactly. But... Early 2000s, yeah. I want to say. Um, but also, that... that uh... Before we My father get... met Sid Barrett, incidentally. You did mention that to me, but I've, I'm pretty sure I've heard him he talk about it. 2006, so he might have been in this film. Shit. Well, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there's also another bit just during that cacophonous ending of Bike 
we <laughs> it kind of goes into that section as uh Bill and Rosie are climbing across the roof of the villa yeah. and then Rosie is hanging on for her fucking life and her falling while all this just utter just like ensemble of mess happens on the audio track is just fantastic. I loved it so much. Let's see. Uh, Vera's next, which is uh, replacing the reprise of I Have a Dream. Yeah, I just have down, I wrote down what you, you just said. It was very bittersweet, which is yeah. true. It's just very, it fits really, really well. I think yeah. it's a good ender to, you know, the the feature, as it were, before we yeah. get into post. The uh, encore. Yeah, the encore. Um, <laughs> We've got. The um, show must go on. The show for, uh, must go on for. For the dancing, dancing queen. queen. And in interesting thing that I noticed. The vocal harmonies at the start of uh, the show must go on are the same as the vocal harmonies at the beginning of Dancing Queen, just in a different key. It's the exact same harmonic interval, That's and like I was literally like I was like, wait, can I hum like Dancing Queen in my head along to the beginning of the show must go on? And you fucking can. Uh, anyway, I I, I sneakily uh, edited it because show must go on is slightly shorter than the. Uh, the 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 you know the the performance of Dancing Queen here, so just basically repeated like the first fifteen seconds. Yeah. It was end. pretty seamless. I gotta say it was a good it was a good edit. Uh, I have then after we have when the tigers broke free, <laughs> replacing Waterloo. Yeah. Uh, basically my uh my rationale here was Waterloo is a song about war. Tigers broke free is a song about war, but it's a song about losing your father, which is something that happened to Sophie pretty much immediately. Yeah. Uh, uh, soon, like, before she was born even so uh, yeah I feel it fit pretty well that plays into the end credits mm-hmm. and then the rest of the end credits are taken up with uh, Shine I, On You Crazy Diamond I forget which parts of Shine On You yeah. Crazy Diamond it's, it's as the lyrics are coming in anyway yeah. so towards the end of the first few parts mm, uh, I only had um, one note for Tigers uh, which is just added towards the end of what would be Waterloo there's a big burst of like flames and sparks behind the cast and on uh the actual track there is sort of a vroom, and it fits perfectly. I don't have any notes for Shiny Crazy Diamond because it just played over the credits. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a good replacement for Thank You for the Music, kind yeah. of the same general theme. Now, uh so that is what did you overall your impressions of this thing? You know, there were parts where maybe it was, um, I wanted it to be more, uh, uh, harmonious, I guess, but there's definitely evidence to heavily suggest that this was how it was meant to be watched, and perhaps it's just that I'm so used to the... Perhaps it's that this is how the second film was meant to be watched, Yeah, which we're going to have to try next week. We're going to have to try next week, but, uh, you know, I think part of it could be that I'm so adjusted to the the ABBA version of Mamma Mia mm. that I need a I need to get used to the real version uh, but we'll see maybe 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 it was second film style because that is of course the the film that proves or you know gave us the hint to do this now anyway uh, on to my theorems uh, my, my my other notes my non-musical notes please These are big ones fire away uh, so my theory about Butterich this week <laughs> But rich, how can I forget about but rich? Uh, well, I've said before he looks sort of, sort of, you know, mobbish. You yeah. Know? Uh, and I've said before I reckon that in Las Vegas, share 
mob marriage. I think she was married to oh. Buttrich. I think that's possibly why uh, Buttrich isn't running the fairies. Ooh. Because he doesn't want anyone to go to... Because he's still bitter about Cher leaving him. Okay. That's uh, that okay. case that. That holds some piss. That holds some piss. Uh, now this this is something that occurred to me last night, and I thought that's that I might say that because that's stupid, but only after watching the film again was I like, no, there's actually a lot of evidence for this. Okay, this film takes place after Here We Go Again. Okay, now I don't just mean the flashback segments in Here We Go Again. I mean all of Here you We mean Go Again. All the stuff we see on the island. That's all that, a prequel yeah. to this. The person called Sophie in Here We Go Again is actually Donna. And, okay. Uh, the person called Sophie in this is actually, to, sorry to use their dead name, but Donnie. Right. Okay. That's Donnie having grown up and transitioned. Okay. Okay. And the person called Donna in this film is Sophie from Here We Go Again, having grown up. Uh, <laughs> I'm very much trying to wrap my head around this. Well, what are you having problems with? Just the... Uh, I'm just trying to do some mental acrobat <laughs> acrobatics here. What, wait, okay, okay, so the second film... Yep. Sophie is... Is like... Is a trans woman having transitioned? Am I right in saying that? No, no. No, in the first film. In the first film, Sophie is to dead name them Donnie having transitioned. Okay. Like you said, the strap may be organic. Yes. And so in the second film, the Sophie we see is that's 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 young Meryl Streep. Okay. And so the Donna that we see in the seventy nine segments is yet another Donna, and you know she she has a daughter named Sophie who then has. A child which grows up to transition into Sophie, you know, taking her mother's name in her, in her mother's honor, and then, uh, you know, the the, the now adult Sophie, uh, you know, who's grown up to be Meryl Streep, is like, man, I'm so proud that you want to take my name in my honor. I'm gonna take my mother's name in my honor, and so she becomes Donna. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, what? Okay, now now I have wrapped my head around it. Um, now the rest of the questions. I, I would, yeah, I would now like to uh, ask, uh, do you have evidence? I've just listed all my evidence. <laughs> <laughs> weren't, you, weren't you listening? Okay. I'm, I mean, look, this is just me trying to explain all of the inaccuracies between the two films. You know, why right, all okay. of the flashbacks don't work. It's because this takes place after. Right. And I... it all makes sense if you think about it like that. But, you know... <laughs> Now there there are some questions I was ex a lot more questions I was expecting. Uh, like how do we explain sky? Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> like... glad you asked. <laughs> so, sky in the first film, obviously, the uh, sky in the first film is is is, uh, you know, he's he's one of the dads. He's probably uh, Sam. He's changed his name okay. from Sky to Sam. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm just. Take it back a bit. It seems that uh, <laughs> your theory pretty much boils down to it makes sense if everyone changes their name at some point and one character is trans. Yes, and? Well, I think it's brilliant is all. <laughs> Sky changes his name to Sam and it turns out that uh, 
We'll just we'll just call them by the names they're called in the film. So Sophie uh-huh. uh, also slept with two other guys who, you know, obviously she it's it's fair to say she's got some daddy issues. Right. So she slept with some guys who looked an awful lot like her dads. An, an awful lot, yeah. An awful lot like her dads. Uh, and it could be any of them, but uh, also you know, Sky, you know, he went to New York just like just like Sam does in oh, the sec okay, okay. in the second film, which is also the first film. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, where do we meet Sam? He's at New York. Yeah, yeah. Just he's in New York, just like you know, Sky goes to New York in the prequel, uh, which is Mommy Here We Go Again. Then he comes back to Greece, and then presumably he just takes the job in the hotel because he fi- finds out she's with some other guy. Uh, okay. And then, then she gives birth to her child, which grows up to, you know, transition and take her name. And then she takes her mother's name. And then suddenly, Sky, Sam, uh, and Sophie's other lovers come back. And she's terribly embarrassed and wants to protect her child from this. But, uh, yeah. And uh, then, then there's other Sky, who's just some random dude, I guess. Uh, <laughs> some random dude. <laughs> or he's... Uh, He's actually secretly uh, the uh, the new the young Sophie's uh, half brother from uh, old Sky's uh, marriage. Uh, that's that's what must have happened from old Sky's marriage, uh, and that must be why he changed his name because maybe his his uh, son is actually a trans man and took his father's name, his father's honor, and so I, my he... head is <laughs> melting. My I'm gonna need to write all this down. Yeah, no, please, please draw me a fucking diagram. I don't think a, I, I don't think a diagram could do this justice. <laughs> Maybe a re-edit and but... some uh, some self-filmed scenes to fill in the gaps. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I'm going to transition and take your name. <laughs> cool. I will take my father's name, who was Sam. <laughs> I am some random guy, also called Sky. <laughs> no, no, that's that's Sky's son. Oh, After sorry. Sky has changed his name to Sam. Sorry, sorry, it's an, uh, sorry. <laughs> Are you not keeping up? No, it's, it's simplicity itself. Look, I want to believe, and I'm willing to. Um, would you believe I'm making some of this up on the spot? Uh, really? You think, I, I, yeah. you think I'd thought it, this through? It doesn't show. <laughs> <laughs> but that's uh, my that's my big theory for the week. So right. uh, we'll we'll expand on that in the coming weeks, I'm sure. Anyways, I think all we've got left is the bugle report uh, and uh, the mailbag uh, and the patrons and oh, and the patrons, of course, the beautiful patrons. I met with one of our patrons during the week, as a matter of fact. Yeah, she lives here. Other oh, different one. Uh, Andy Kinsella. Oh, uh, yeah. And had a lovely, had a, had a lovely spot of lunch at Andy oh, Kinsella. Good for him. I, uh, he's doing better then. Yes, he's doing oh, much good, better these good. days. He's uh, you, you wouldn't even know that he'd had the big, the big cove, <laughs> the big. You cove. can't say the big C. Can't say the big C is a different thing. Anyways, bugle report. I'm gonna do it into the bin because I think Zoe might be napping and this should hopefully mute it slightly. The bugle report. <laughs> Do one more. Sounds like a velociraptor. Okay, that's the bugle report for this week. Okay, thanks for that, Jack. Yep, no, no problem. Genu- the one part of the show he has total control over. This. <laughs> I 
I know what Greg Davis feels like on Taskmaster. So, uh, onto the mailbag. Onto the mailbag. 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 So we have a question from HR Gibbs. Uh, nice to hear from you, HR Gibbs. <laughs> so. Does the fact that Donna has the same fashion sense from the age of 20 onwards allude to timelessness and her being a time traveller? Or is it just another example of how she is self-sacrificing and doesn't spend any time on herself once Sophie is born? But that's, that's, not, that's not Donna. That's, that's, <laughs> oh that's Sophie growing up. But say you were to watch these films. Like Another Sophie. bit of evidence. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. You know, she says, I bet someone up there has it in for me. And I bet it's my mother. But of course, you know, if this was the same Donna from Here We Go Again, you know, then that mother would be Cher. But Cher isn't dead. But Donna in Here We Go Again is. Right. So. Okay. That Look, I'm on board with that. <laughs> However, I would like to I would like to discuss Meryl Streep's fashion. <laughs> yes, uh, um, it's I, very nice. It's, Next question. <laughs> hey, I want to go. I want to go further with it because I've definitely. Like, like, you wouldn't guess it from what I'm wearing right now. I'm wearing all fucking black, but I love some dungarees. Uh, I wish I had a big red cape for my daughter's wedding. Uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it's down to timelessness, but it could also be. Maybe her her wardrobe is some sort of time traveling artifact. We've talked a lot about like time travel artifacts uh, yeah. in previous weeks, and perhaps, you know, we've spoken a lot about uh, wormholes opening up at certain parts of the film. For instance, uh, mm. the the picture being thrown in uh, one of us, and here we go again. Uh, there's no there's no reason why we couldn't say that Donna's entire wardrobe could have fallen through a wormhole and been catapulted 20 years into the into the future or you know a couple a good a good few decades into the future and thus replacing the wardrobe that she has there maybe one day she just wake, wakes up and goes ah, i didn't realize i had all these old clothes oh well and just ca- carries on with it you know T- time will jump to the most uh, logical conclusion it can given the circumstances okay uh so uh Right, yeah. But I, also I, Meryl Streep is timeless. Yeah, uh, sure. What, what he said. <laughs> uh, right, uh, the question on the account comes from regular question asker, Freakin' Alien Alfie, who Amen. asks, What's the best Michael Rosen poem? Now, I actually do have an answer for this. Okay, please go ahead. Now, this is a true story. Well, I can't attest to every detail, but it's certainly true that it is a story. So, I was starving. All I'd had for breakfast was one apple and 15 raisins. It was half past twelve, I had to get to Hemel Hempstead. So I bought a pizza, and I ran and ran and jumped on my train. As we pulled out of Houston Station, I began to eat. Trouble was, my pizza was in a paper bag. One sloppy, cheesy pizza with the melting cheese and tomato stuck to the bag. So I peeled off the paper off my pizza, but it was slippery and sticky. And it came out in soggy lumps, and I pushed with, with my fingers into my mouth. Mm, blop by blop. And then there was some little bits of cheese hiding in the corner of the bag, so I was scooping it out with my fingers, with spicy tomato all over my knuckles as I was tipping it into my mouth. Mm, I was drinking pizza. Suddenly, I noticed the woman sitting opposite. She was watching me. She looked like she'd never seen anything quite so horrible in all her life.
What's our last question, Jack? Um, I would just like to say that you fully activated my fight or flight with, that, <laughs> with the fact that you have that fucking memorized. I haven't heard that. Oh, yet. I forgot the bit about breathing in pizza. Oh, God. Oh, fuck. Uh, go do it again. So I was stuck. <laughs> oh. Um, would, would you believe, Butch? It actually looks like I have two questions. Oh, my God. Two more questions. Both from jpeg.jill. Uh, a fellow scholar, a big uh, noted big brain, noted big brain of the show, JPEG Jill. Uh, first question from JPEG Jill: Who else would you have casted for Donna? I think I have an answer for this. That, I've, but do, uh, what do you? I think? mean, well, Amanda Seyfried already plays her technically. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, I mean, I think Meryl Streep is perfect. I do think she's perfect for it. The only other person that's coming to mind. Debbie Harry. Oh, I hadn't thought of Debbie Harry. Debbie Harry would be amazing. I just looked over at my shelf and just saw a copy of Videodrome and just name came to mind. <laughs> but I, th- I think she would work. Edith that, like, Massey. <laughs> Divine. No, uh, Divine would be perfect. Divine would be perfect. But I would... Polyester is basically Mamma Mia, right? <laughs> I guess in a way. Uh, I mean, yeah, like... Uh... What's the what's the, the tab uh tab hunter tab hunter is basically just American Pierce Brosnan. What if if you if you take pink flamingos right right and you replace Divine with Meryl Streep and you replace okay. Edith Massey with Amanda Seyfried with oh, Amanda Seyfried oh yeah his daughter yeah 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 uh and then you replace the Eggman with Sky. <laughs> it's basically the same film. Yeah, yeah, uh. Yeah. Uh, I love that scene in Mamma Mia where Sophie goes, Eggs! Eggs! Oh, God! God! I... Uh, Jill, my answer is Susan Sarandon. Oh, yeah, that is a good show. Yeah. Uh, that's... Noted communist. Mm, amen. We love Susan Sarandon in this, in this house. And the final question, also from jpeg.jill. And I don't know why this is a question, especially from Jill. Because... And I'll explain why. Do you think Cher ruins or improves the storyline? Why can't she do both? I think it is kind of like a super... She's a superposition, you know? It's like in quantum physics, you get superpositions. No, I don't know that. Okay, it's basically... um, Is that when you, like, freeze soup and then mould it? (laughs) You get soup positions. <laughs> Fuck off. It's the whole principle that, uh, like, uh, Schrodinger's cat it kind of explores, which is there, there's an experiment you can do where you fire electrons of a certain material. I can't remember what, but you fire it through paraffin wax. I thought you were going to say it's an experiment you do where you put a cat in a box. Oh, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> but it's like, um, basically, okay, chemistry lesson, whatever. Uh, Molecules uh, of different substances are made up of three key components. You got protons, neutrons, and electrons. Protons and neutrons uh, are basically, if you think of a, a molecule or an atom, sorry, an atom is what I mean. If you think of an atom as like uh, a planet with moons in orbit around it, the protons and the neutrons make up the actual planet itself, and then electrons are kind of like moons circling it. And essentially, <laughs> You could do this experiment where you fire, uh, say you were to fire a proton through this paraffin wax in a certain way. There's a, it's, I think oh it's dear, I've the, gone cross-eyed. I think it's called the, the double slit experiment. 
and you can basically prove that protons are indeed particles. And then you fire electrons through in a certain way and say, okay, they are indeed particles. But then you fire electrons through in a similar way. In fact, I think the same way, depending on how it's observed, uh, you will either be given the result of the electron being a particle or a waveform, which is a completely different thing. And it's why it's basically the, the basis of quantum physics and that things can exist in two different states simultaneously, but it uh, depends on like when and how they're observed as to how you use that information. It's very fucking weird. I don't fully understand it, but it's why... What the fuck does that have to do with Cher? Uh, because she both improves and ruins the story. Okay, yeah. then. You could have just said that. But also... I did just say that. <laughs> I just wanted to go deeper with it. She's she's the superposition of the Mamma Mia universe. Uh, but also, I Jill, why are you asking this? I know... I hope you don't mind me telling this story, but I know for a fact that when Cher announced she was coming to Dublin, you had a panic attack and nearly pissed on the bus because you love her so much. Zoe saw you that morning and you were hyperventilating. <laughs> of course she approves the story. How have I not met this woman yet? Yeah, it's insane. You will. Uh, good. Anyways, I think... Uh... Kindred spirits. Like I, That's the same reaction I would have if Cher was coming to Dublin. <laughs> I think with that, we can move on to the Patreons. Uh, yeah. Uh, first Patreon is Mrs. H. <laughs> Our second Patreon is, uh, Jack Kavanagh. Uh, third and current final Patreon is Andy Kinsler. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash Freeping Style Pop. Five US dollars or more, you get the name right out here. Less you don't, but you still give us money. More you, you, you do, and you get other things too. Money, 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 money. It's a gas. I wish I, I wish I take uh, over the sink. Over the sink. I should have done this over the sink. I'm covered in spit. He's Anyone covered that? his pantaloons in spit. They That's are what... sodden once more. <laughs> it's the only pantaloons he has. Oh God. Oh no. Uh, Please, Patreon pantaloons. I would love some Patreon pantaloons. Hang on. I think I forgot to read my final note. Oh shit. Yeah. My. F- Sorry. Uh, we'll read it now. Uh. David Cameron fucked a ham. Over the sink. Over the sink. <laughs> <laughs>